Welcome to Stork Storytime Talks with the North Liberty Library. Are you expecting or growing your family? If so, this podcast is for you. Delivering literacy one topic at a time. Welcome to the Stork Storytime Podcast. I'm Kelly, and this episode is sponsored by Mercy Iowa City. We invite you to like and subscribe to our Talks podcast wherever you listen. The idea of the nuclear family has been transformed into many inclusive reiterations, giving a full, diverse representation of American society. What we don't hear about as frequently, however, are the unique challenges and struggles so-called non-traditional families face. The struggle of infertility within a same-sex couple will be the focus of today's conversation with our guest, Amanda Tower. Amanda is a writer, content marketer, and really big book nerd. She's the director of content strategy at River Avenue Digital, a digital marketing agency based in Philadelphia, and she also helps several local corridor businesses with their marketing efforts. Most recently, Amanda added mom to her list of titles, and so far, that title is her favorite. Welcome to the podcast, Amanda. Would you please tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Thanks for inviting me on. Uh, well, as you mentioned, in my professional life, I'm a content marketer and writer. Um, I work for a digital marketing agency where I help businesses tell their stories through content, uh, whether that's on social media, blog posts, emails. Um, and uh, as a writer, one of the things that's really important to me is getting my family's story out into the world for other aspiring parents to hear. Um, I just became a mom for the first time, like you mentioned at the beginning of the year. And looking back now on our journey, I can see all the obstacles we faced kind of in that rear view mirror. And when you're going through it, you don't really realize, but hearing from other people with similar stories is so valuable. And I want to share a story both with other same-sex couples looking to start a family and really just with all couples who are struggling with infertility. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, as I mentioned in the intro, uh, the concept of the nuclear family has evolved into a more inclusive unit. Uh, and your family is a prime example of that. Uh, tell our audience a bit about your family. Well, uh, my wife and I have been together for going on 12 years now, uh, married for six of those years. So we met back when we were both in college, and it was one of those scenarios where I just knew I was going to marry her somehow. Um, I always tell people this story partially because it's kind of ridiculous, but also because it's one that always sticks out in my mind. Um, so on one of our first dates, we were sitting in Barnes & Noble, we were having coffee, um, and looking through those travel books they usually have, you know, around the, the coffee area, and they had all these beautiful photos in them. And as we're talking about the places we've traveled to, the places we want to go, I just remember thinking to myself, I want to go travel to all these places with you. And when we first got married, neither of us really wanted a family. We wanted to, to travel and just, you know, enjoy being together for a little while. Mm -hmm. But then two of our close friends had kids and we both just fell in love with them. The more time we spent with them, the more we, I think it just clicked for us that being parents was just that natural progression. And our son was born in January 
And I feel like time has really just flown by since then. I think because of everything happening with COVID, it just kind of feels like we're in some sort of weird time warp. And then adding to it being new parents, it's just unreal. Yeah, I can definitely, I can relate to the new parenting phase. I have two children of my own, uh, but I imagine that being in a quarantine and having a newborn during that time has its own special set of challenges. And uh, I know that you mentioned also when we planned out today's episode uh, that you had complications that you faced uh, regarding infertility and that those experiences provided some eye-opening lessons for you. So share with us first your reproduction journey and then also some of the nuggets of wisdom that you gained from that experience. Yeah, so we started the process of trying to get pregnant at the end of 2015. Um, I had an appointment with my gynecologist and I told, um, I told her that my wife and I were starting to try to have a baby and we wanted to figure out what our next step should be. Um, she referred us to the Department of Endocrinology at the University Hospital, and that's when we started talking about our options. So the two main options that were available to us were IVF, which most people are familiar with, mm-hmm. um, or the other option was IUI, and that's intrauterine insemination. So that's uh, basically where sperm is placed directly in the uterus to be fertilized. So uh, one of the, the other big considerations we had to make was whether or not we wanted to use a known donor or buy sperm from a sperm bank. Um, So we decided that for us, IUI and choosing a donor from a sperm bank was really the best option. Um, And I'd say choosing a donor was honestly one of the most difficult parts of the process because it's like when you're in an opposite sex relationship, you don't really have a choice who represents the other side of your child's genetics. I just, I remember my wife and I sitting and looking at donors and thinking, you know, would we rather our child be tall or would we rather our child be uh, charming and good looking according to the people <laughs> at the sperm bank? Right. Yeah. And, and I imagine that that process, it's not the whimsical experience that I think some people would imagine it to be. I mean, this is, this is, you're choosing the other side of your child's genetics. You're choosing the makeup of a human being. Right, exactly. There's, there's so much stress that comes with that. Yeah, absolutely. So, and you mentioned that there were some nuggets of wisdom that you learned throughout your infertility experience. So tell me about what that looked like and what you came to know about life as a result. Well, so in 2017, that's when we officially had our first IUI. Uh, We went into the whole thing thinking, okay, this is great. You know, with IUI, it improves your chances of getting pregnant. Um, And by the time our baby is born, based on, you know, the timing, we'll have a fall baby. And we were planning out outfits and baby showers and all of that. Uh, But little did we know that wasn't going to be that easy for us. Uh, We had four unsuccessful IUIs before we started to realize, you know, hey, something's something's going on here. And in that time, I was diagnosed with PCOS, uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And the biggest thing with that is that my body wasn't ovulating on its own. So I had to start taking this medication to to make myself ovulate. Um, And, you know, when it comes to infertility, I think it's something that people are just really afraid to talk about. Um, But there's so much mental and emotional exhaustion that comes along with it. Like you build yourself up to taking a pregnancy test, you wait, you know, the, the agonizing two weeks. And when you see that negative results, it it just wrecks you. Um, and for us, it was always like, do we try again at, you know, what point do we just say, 
were officially done. And I think, you know, for many people, infertility can potentially be that unraveling of a relationship. And we didn't want that uh, to happen to us. I can imagine that the emotional toll that, that took on your relationship. Did you, were you able to find, you know, it sounds like you were working with a great medical team, but were you able to find any resources to deal with that emotional trauma? Yeah, there were a lot of really great support groups that I found online, even just through Facebook groups. Um, you know, a lot of people going through really similar struggles and, you know, just being able to post about it to vent out uh, that frustration of not being able to get pregnant. And then also just hearing from people who had gone through a similar experience and had, you know, great results for it. I think that's actually what inspired me to to go to my doctor one day. I remember, you know, I just had this feeling of hopelessness, like, I, I remember sitting down at the doctor's office and just saying, you know, look, we've, we've tried this four times now and nothing's happening. I feel like something is wrong. Like I want to do all the tests to figure out what's going on. Um, and the first thing that they recommended that we try was an HSG. So that's where they flush out your fallopian tubes using this dye to see if there are any uh, blockages or scar tissue, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and when the doctor who performed the procedure pulled me aside and started talking to us about IVF, that's when I really started to think like, man, I'm, maybe I'll never get pregnant. Like if the doctors can't figure out why this isn't happening, there's, there's clearly no hope for me. Um, but so I was at work the next day and I got a phone call and it was the doctor who'd done the procedure. And she told me she saw a shadow on my HSG and she suspected that it was a polyp on my uterus. And she said uh, they'd need to run more tests to confirm. But if it was a polyp, there was a good chance that that was what was causing my infertility. And she said that if I got it removed, which is something that she recommended, um, it could improve my odds of getting pregnant because the fertilized egg would actually be able to attach to the walls of my uterus if that polyp was no longer there. Mm -hmm. um, and it turns out it was a polyp, uh, several of them actually, and she, I got them removed in January of 2019. And then a year later, my son was born. So I definitely think yeah. that was at least partially the culprit in that situation. Um, that was a really long-winded response. But to go back to the nuggets of wisdom, um, I think there were several of them really for me. Uh, I think the biggest one was just learning to trust my body. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other is just advocating for my own care. I think, you know, many of us, myself included, have this belief that the doctors know everything. And I think you know, doctors are human. And, and sometimes on the surface, you know, even with the, the best training and the best experience, you just can't tell why something is the way that it is. And I think the other lesson is just learning how to communicate. Um, you know, when I was going through everything that I was going through, I think, you know, my wife was going through her own set of challenges and struggles that came along with it. But there were days that, you know, I was feeling so down. And, you know, I think she would just struggle with wanting to help me out, but not really knowing what to do. So that was something that really made our relationship stronger and helped us to communicate better as a couple. Absolutely. Yes. And, you know, the advocacy of self is something that particularly women have to work at uh, when it comes to talking about health care and wellness. Uh, so you bring up a very good point that I think is just universal as well, but specifically uh, with women and specifically with reproductive issues. So, yes, thank you for sharing that. Now, um, North Liberty and its surrounding areas prides itself 
on being diverse and welcoming, especially in regards to the LGBTQIA community. Now, has that been your experience, especially in relation to family building? Oh, absolutely. Um, for, for starters, we're just so fortunate to live so close to a nationally recognized research hospital. Um, and, and being in a healthcare system that was first in the state to offer comprehensive care to the LGBTQ community. Uh, not to, to bring politics into the conversation, but I just remember back in 20, or, uh, 2009, rather, um, when the Iowa Supreme Court legalized same-sex marriage, like, you know, we, we finally felt that we were being understood, like people were finally beginning to see that, you know, we're really no different than anyone else who's in a relationship and uh, looking forward to making that commitment. Mm -hmm. Um, My wife and I are both very uh, treat people the way you want to be treated types of people. Mm -hmm. And we consider ourselves really lucky that uh, the community for the most part has been really welcoming. I mean, when we started the process of trying to get pregnant, we really just felt like any other couple. Yeah, absolutely. And that's very fortunate because I can imagine others in the community probably are not as fortunate enough to have the resources that we have here in the corridor. And uh, especially given your experience, I think it really sheds some light on that struggle and on that blessing to have that support within the community. So that's very fortunate. Well, before we end, uh, I always ask our guests to share two things. Number one, tell us, uh, tell our listeners where they can find you online. And number two, a favorite story time memory or book with us. And it can be either as a child being read to or as a new parent reading to your child. Okay, let me think about that for a second. All right, so, um, well, I don't have a website, but I am on Instagram at atower22. Um, and if you follow me, be prepared to be spammed with baby photos because I do <laughs> post a lot about my son. Um, and you can also find me on LinkedIn if you want to see the, the more professional side of what I do. Um, as far as books, hmm, let's see. My, my personal favorite story time memory would have to be reading The Pokey Little Puppy with my grandma. And my favorite book so far as a parent, I think, hands down, would be the Little Blue Truck series. Um, My son has absolutely loved Little Blue since he was only a few months old. Mm -hmm. And every time we pull out the book, it makes him smile. So we do that quite a bit. Um, (laughs) And because I'm such a passionate reader myself, I think that's something I just get really excited about, um, reading new books to him and especially reading some of his favorites and creating those memories. Fantastic. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate you sharing your intimate story about building family here in Iowa. And listeners, we'll be sure to leave links in the bio of this podcast. Uh, This is Stork Storytime Talks podcast from the North Liberty Library. And today we talked with our friend Amanda Tower. I'm Kelly. And thanks again to our sponsor, Mercy Iowa City.